Welcome to the Prez Paul podcast. I'm Nazareth College President Beth Paul, and I am so excited to welcome you to my very first podcast. I think of this as a place for us to engage and hear honest and curious dialogue about Nazareth College and the people at the heart of who we are. You know, as I've learned over the last several months, Nazareth College is full of fascinating people, inspiring perspectives and possibilities. It's really an amazing learning community. So through this podcast, I invite you to join in, open your mind to new ideas, and enjoy the beauty and wonders of the Nazareth College learning community. What I hope is that each podcast will be a meaningful conversation that speaks to Nazareth's place in our world. And for the inaugural podcast, the theme is well-being. I can't think of a topic that is more important right now in our world than well-being. And in particular, I want to focus on psychological well-being in our time together. The layers of challenges that we're facing right now in our world are really, I know we've overused this word, unprecedented, but they really are unprecedented. And they have certainly brought well-being front and center in some ways that are hard. You know, there certainly are ways in which our well-being is being stretched in new and different ways right now, and it can feel overwhelming, it can feel very stressful. And in some ways, this new attention on well-being is really good because we need to be focused on well-being in our world. And hopefully there's a lot we can learn from this time together as we move forward. And as we come out of the pandemic, and we will, we have a new understanding. We have new appreciation and new ways of contributing to well-being. That, that's really certainly my hope. So we have a whole lot of expertise in our community about psychological health and well-being, including people with great expertise about productive coping mechanisms for supporting our own and each other's well-being. So I am inviting two people into the podcast today who have special expertise in this area, and I'm really excited about our conversation. Catherine DeVinney is a licensed clinical social worker, and she has expertise working with people living with trauma and substance abuse disorders, as well as college students. She earned her master's degree in social work from Boston University, also my alma mater. And she has been assistant director at the Health and Counseling Center at Nazareth College for four years. Bridget Noonan is a leader in the field of clinical mental health counseling with expertise in marriage and family counseling, school counseling, and multicultural and LGBTQ studies. She earned her bachelor's in behavioral science, master's in rehabilitation and counseling, and PhD in counselor education, all from the University of Maryland at College Park. And in 2015, Bridget joined Nazareth College as the Dean of the School of Health and Human Services. So Catherine, Bridget, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. So let's dive in. I wonder if we can start by talking a little bit about some of the ways in which well-being, particularly psychological well-being, has been challenged during this time. What, what are you seeing? Catherine, what, what are you seeing at this point? Well, President Paul, thank you for having me. And, and you know, I think you said it exactly right when you said that we're experiencing um, issues with the layers of challenges. So not only are students experiencing anxiety, depression, mood disorders, stress, 
that come along with being a college student, but they also are experiencing the stress of the pandemic. Um, students who are part of marginalized communities are seeing violence in their communities um, and they're stressed about that. We had stress about the election. Um, and also these students in the midst of this pandemic, all of their support structures might be changed. The things that work for them have changed. So they don't necessarily have the normal coping skills that they would be able to rely on. So we're seeing a lot of students struggling with reframing what well-being looks like to them. That's a great point. Bridget, tell me what you're seeing at this point. President Paul, thank you so much for inviting Catherine and myself. I'm so pleased to be here. Uh, I, I'm seeing things from a multitude of uh, glasses, if you will. Uh, the faculty, um, similar to what Catherine just noted, they're stressed uh, because many of them have school-aged children and they are uh, attempting to teach their kids from home as well as teach their college students, uh, similar to staff members. Uh, we're seeing uh, a lot of anxiety and a lot of uh, kind of fear of the unknown, uh, whether that's related to the pandemic, whether that's related to uh, the outcome of the election and, and what can be or is going to happen uh, as we transition from one administration to the other. Uh, just the, the change of seasons. Uh, we, in the past couple of weeks, had daylight savings time. And now, it, instead of it staying light until 9 p.m., it's dark at 5 p.m. So, you know, folks with uh, depression and seasonal affective disorder, th those are some of the things that uh, folks are uh, trying to adjust how are they going to uh, manage that in addition to all of the things that they've been managing for these last eight and a half months? Those are some of the things that I'm seeing. It's really a very complex time. It's so striking to me. You know, it's the layers we were talking about earlier and how some of those different challenges and stressors interact with one another. Um, it's also, you know, Bridget, I'm glad you mentioned this issue of the unknown. One of the things that has been so striking to me in the last several months is that it's not just that we're dealing with a lot of unknowns, we're dealing with a lot of unknowables. We, there just are things right now that we can't know. And so, you know, one of the things that we know as, as psychologists is that this sense of control, a, a, a perceived sense of control is so important and it's just so challenging right now to feel like we have control over a situation where there are so many unknowns and unknowables so i certainly agree with you it's an incredibly complicated time so let's shift to talking about what we see as productive coping during a time like this Bridget, what do you see as some of the productive ways of coping during a time like this Sure. Um, lots of things folks can do in our Zoom, Zoom, Zoom world. Uh, when you are sitting in front of a camera all day, I encourage people to get up as much as possible. And, it, you know, even if, if you live in a small 800 square foot apartment or you live in a large house, get up and walk around as much as you can. 
um, sitting all day, as we, as all of us know, is physically just not good for you. Um, if if you are working from home a lot, what kinds of things are you putting into your body from a healthy perspective? Uh, from a coping perspective, you know, many of us, we stress eat. And when we stress eat, we put things into our body that are not necessarily good for us. So how many fruits and vegetables are you eating? Uh, are you eating large meals? Or are you eating small meals? Are you eating ice cream at 10 o'clock at night? Um, or are you eating ice cream at six o'clock at night? So those kinds of things are really important. Physical activity is key. How are you managing your stress and anxiety? Do you know how to do some progressive muscle relaxation? Do you know how to do some breathing? Do you have pets? Do you hear my pets in the background? <laughs> do you have pets? If you don't have pets, uh, what are some other ways that you can really take care of yourself? Are you a nature person? Do you like to walk outside? You know, we had a beautiful summer and fall here in Rochester, and there were myriad opportunities for me to get outside and walk with my dogs, and I did that uh, at every opportunity. So again, there, there are multiple uh, ways that people can reduce stress and anxiety. Um, my concern always is, are, they, are folks doing it in a positive manner? Thank you. I really appreciate that. Please thank your dogs for us. They're contributing to all of our well-being through their involvement in this podcast today. I appreciate that. Catherine, let's turn to you. I, I'm thinking about the sense of community that we have here and ways in which people can be an opportunity for coping. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the perceived losses that we're seeing in the pandemic, but um, we have really tried to help students focus on self-care as intentionality, um, being intentional about their self-care. So if somebody is going from class to class and they come in and they say, you know what, I'm so stressed out, all I can do in between is just like watch a Netflix show, then accept that. If that's the way that your brain turns off, then understand that you can do that in an intentional way. Picking something positive, setting a timer so that you're not zoning out in front of another screen, um, balancing that with like what Bridget said, a, a walk or having a healthy snack. Um, and then I've been really impressed with our students. A lot of them are showing their resilience because they can't have some of the big gatherings. They can't participate in the communities that um, they normally would, but they're finding other ways. Um, they're finding ways to be intentional about their socialization that have kind of transcended some of the limits of the pandemic. So watching those Netflix shows together as part of, you know, one of those apps that they watch things together on, sitting outside at the fountain with their masks on, um, really appreciating more of the time that they spend together because it does have to be so intentional. Oh yeah, that I think you make so many good points there. One of the things that I have observed so much here in, in the Nazareth community is just the creativity, the innovation, the ingenuity that people are using to make things work during this time. And what you're saying about intentionality rings so true for me. I'm seeing it among the students. I'm amazed at how the students have just not stopped a beat. 
And they've simply found other ways to reach out to one another, to be with one another in safe ways. And I see the same thing among our staff and faculty. You know, I, I am watching a staff and faculty that honestly, I have never seen such ingenuity and commitment in a, in a group of people who are just so dedicated to the kind of learning experience that we have here. And they have found all sorts of ways to not just make sure that the education keeps going, but even more important in some ways, to make sure that that human connection keeps going. I, I'm, I'm hearing stories from faculty and stories from staff about how they're reaching out individually to students and ways that they're innovating support mechanisms during this time. It's really incredible. I, I, I understand now being new to the Nazareth community, I get it, this community is powerful and, and it's really impressive. So, you know, I'm mindful that Thanksgiving time is here. And I also, as a psychologist myself, I understand how thinking, the way we think about things really impacts how they impact us. And so I wonder if we could turn our attention for a few minutes to gratitude as a particular approach to coping with a, with a time like this, with the stresses and the anxieties, the unknowns, the unknowables. And Bridget, I know that you have expertise in the neuroscience of gratitude. I wonder if you could share with us some of what you've learned about how gratitude works as a way to help us cope. Sure. So I, I could get really technical here, but I won't. Um, what neuroscience research has shown is a link between uh, how people think or the positive thoughts that they have and how that activates certain neurotransmitters in your brain. And specifically, kind of uh, what I, I call the happy chemicals of the brain, um, specifically dopamine and serotonin. Um, and so the simple act uh, of focusing on the positive thoughts of gratitude stimulates more neurotransmitters in our brain, um, which then promote feelings of contentment. And it's why dopamine and serotonin are referred to as the kind of the happy chemicals. So when you focus your thoughts on the good, um, we feel good, um, which then informs our actions. And uh, feeling good uh, is really what helps us and enables us in activities that propel us forward and what um, uh, fuels us. And so it, it helps shape who we are, um, our essence, um, how we perceive the world around us. Uh, and it also uh, helps our, our ability to both analyze and reflect on what is taking place um, for us. Yeah, I put that together with what Catherine was saying about intention before. And, you know, we are very selective in what we attend to in our world. Like, if you think about it, we're surrounded with complexity all the time. And we can't really take in everything at once. And so we're very selective about what we see. And I find that gratitude can be a really powerful filter for what we select to attend to. And so... 
one of the things I try really hard to do is when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do is to think about some things for which I'm grateful. And I try to do the same thing as I go to sleep at night. And honestly, when I, when I do that, uh, sometimes it's easier than others, I will admit. But when I do that, uh, I not only sleep better at night, but I also, I definitely notice how it directs my attention during the day. So it's really powerful to think about gratitude as a way that we can, um, you know, draw our attention forward, I think, in some powerful ways during a time when uh, we are constantly drawn to the here and now in some ways that are really challenging. So talk about ingenuity. One of the things that has been incredible at Nazareth College, as I mentioned before, are the ways in which we are innovating to be supportive and to be engaging in our community. And one of the things that I have learned about that is so cool is our virtual self-care package. So I wonder, Catherine, if you can tell me a little bit about our virtual self-care package, which is new, newly created for our students. Yeah, and um, we were really excited about this, and I will give full credit. This was uh, something that came up on one of the listservs that I read, um, and people were sharing back and forth ideas um, and different outlines for the virtual care package. So one of our clinicians really grabbed it and made it our own. Um, because we wanted to give students something that wasn't a Zoom, something that they could do on their own, and maybe find something within the many pages, because there are things like going outside, finding laughter, there are um, pieces about meditation and journaling, um, different activities that are really Nazareth-specific, but also, you know, person-specific. So um, we have been sending them to all of the students in quarantine and isolation, for instance, who are, you know, by themselves and they need some, um, some idea that we are thinking of them. Um, it's also available on our website and we have heard from students that they're really enjoying picking and choosing and having some of that self-directed time um, that helps them be intentional about using their self-care. That's really so, great. I, yeah. I appreciate it. It's such a great example. We reached out to our community and we asked members of our community to share their uh, stories of gratitude, to share some things for which they are grateful. So I thought I would just uh, share a handful of those for you this afternoon. One is from Gabrielle. Gabrielle says, I am grateful that my internship through Nazareth turned into a full-time job. Congratulations, that is so exciting. We have Gina who says, I am grateful to be going to a college that cares so deeply for their students and faculty. And I think you heard some good examples of that today. Sophie says, I'm grateful to see how far I have come and look forward to how far I still have to go. Really appreciate that perspective, Sophie. And Aubrey says, finally finding my passion and being so excited for my future in teaching. How cool is that? And finally, Chris. Chris says that uh, Chris is grateful for talented, helpful coworkers at Nazareth who do great work. I certainly feel that way too. So as we close today, I turn back to you, Catherine, Bridget. What are you grateful for? Catherine? Um, I, that's a great question. And, and 
if I if you don't mind me adding one quick thing before I go into my own personal gratitude, um, sure. is that if anybody's listening and they feel like gratitude is not accessible for them, um, because I think you know for me as a white person who has not been personally affected by COVID, who is economically stable at a job that I really love, it can be really easy for me to find gratitude. Um, but if all you're using right now are survival skills, getting through, um, like we said, going through to that unknowable place to where maybe we have a vaccine or um, where we're not zooming into all of our classes, that's okay. Gratitude does not have to be accessible for you right now. And one of the things that I am so deeply grateful for is the Health and Counseling Center because I'm able to do work with students that allows me to meet them where they are at. Um, not forcing gratitude on somebody, but also being able to foster that gratitude if that's something that is helpful for them. Um, so I would say, you know, definitely this work, this job, the people that we work with as part of the health center, dealing with all of this COVID stuff, seeing um, all of my coworkers, particularly Susan, our director, who is so dedicated to the well-being of our students that we're, you know, if she calls me and says, hey, it's nine o'clock, can you answer this email? We will do it. And that whole mentality is here on this campus. So I just, I'm really grateful that even in a time of challenge, we are able to come together in that way because it really is all about our students and our students' well-being. Oh, I so appreciate that perspective. And I have to say one of the things that's really powerful to me about our community is that we do appreciate where each individual is, understanding that we don't all have the same experience of our world. And our world, you know, puts a lot more weight on some people than others. And this is a community that full-heartedly recognizes that and meets people where they are and is very thoughtful in joining people with you know where they are and walking forward however that is and i, I really I, I appreciate that catherine beautifully said and i couldn't agree more I, uh, that is just a beautiful part of our culture mm -hmm. bridget so i couldn't agree more with what catherine just said um and for for folks that it's really difficult to access gratitude right now just remember that uh, it's it's there for you when you can access it. Um, and it can be in the form of written word. It can be in the, in the form of uh, a journal or uh, doing something physical or how you treat your body. Gratitude takes the form in, in many different ways. Um, personally, I'm grateful for so many things, uh, but to echo what Catherine said, I am every day thankful for the community of Nazareth College. Uh, it has provided me with a community that is bar none, uh, one of the best I've ever worked in, uh, uh from a the perspective of how I care for myself, uh, they, the, the community helps me. Um, and I am grateful for the opportunity to work with so many gifted, talented, thoughtful, 
individuals who really just want to make the world a better place. Um, I know that sounds cheesy, um, but it's not. It's, it's something that I deeply believe in, and it goes to the mission of uh, what we do at NAS. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful, and I certainly feel, I feel every bit of that. And I am so grateful to each of you for sharing of yourselves so generously with our community today, but every day. And I too am grateful to be part of a community that is human, to be part of a community that cares so much about each other and cares about our world, to be part of a community that is not just focusing on the here and now, but that's also focusing on the future, recognizing that we are all moving forward and we will emerge from this time. And although there are so many challenges during this time, there are also opportunities for using this time to form a better way of being together, a better community, a better society, a better world. And to be part of a higher education institution that is all about that, wow, that's powerful. Catherine, Bridget, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a fantastic conversation. I've just learned so much from our time together. And I also thank my colleagues for helping to put this podcast together. It's really a joy to be part of a community that is so committed to learning from one another. This was a fantastic conversation. I certainly learned a lot from it. And I look forward to our next opportunity to learn together. One of the things that Nazareth College has been doing has been trying to learn together as a community of people who are deeply dedicated to social justice and have been since our founding in 1924. So this fall, we had a five-day racial equity challenge for learning about racial injustice in our society. And lately, we've been participating in the 21-day racial equity challenge with a lot of people all throughout the Rochester community. This is an initiative through the United Way in Greater Rochester. So I hope you'll join me for the next podcast where I will invite some members of our community to join with me in reflecting on our learning through the 21-day and the five-day racial equity challenge. How are we as a learning community engaging with our society right now in advancing our commitment, our active commitment to being an anti-racist society, an anti-racist institution, and to ensure equity and justice for all? Join me.